This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. Zipper rolls out to the right, pitches off to Taylor, and Taylor's to the 20, down to the 15, down to the 10, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, touchdown Billy Taylor, touchdown Billy Taylor, Billy Taylor scored a touchdown from 21 yards out. The crowd goes berserk. It was November 22nd, 1969, that they came to Barry, Michigan, all dressed in maize and blue. The words were said, the prayers were read, and everybody cried. But when they closed the coffin, there was someone else inside. Oh, they came to Barry, Michigan, but Michigan wasn't dead. And when the game was over, it was someone else instead. Eleven Michigan Wolverines put on the gloves of gray, and as the organ played the victors, they laid Woody Hayes away. Under center is Wangler at the 45. He goes back. He's looking for a receiver. He throws downfield to Carter. Welcome to the Michigan Man Podcast on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew for Wolverine fans from coast to coast. Go Blue and welcome to our Michigan Game Day show for Penn State. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. The Michigan Beat folks are more than a little busy right now, and you know why. So we were lucky enough to get beat writer Aaron McMahon to break away for a few minutes, and he'll be joining us after my view from Section 17 and a few thoughts from Coach Jim Harbaugh. Okay, we're recording this show late Wednesday afternoon. Michigan has just responded to the Big Ten. We do not expect to hear from them, them being the Big Ten, until sometime tomorrow. No one knows exactly when, but more than likely in the afternoon. So stay tuned. It doesn't do much good to talk about it right now, as I think we're all pretty worn out with the whole story. So let's turn our attention towards Saturday. Most agree Michigan hasn't been tested yet. We will on Saturday. On paper, this looked like it could be a very close game between two pretty evenly matched teams. I give the edge to us because I think our offense is more explosive And I just have a feeling in my gut, J.J. is going to come up big. I don't care how we get it done, though. Just get a W. Anytime you go into Happy Valley and come out with a win, it is a big deal. Especially when you're playing a Penn State team that is still in the playoff picture and will be playing in front of an amped-up crowd. It's going to be fun. Jim sounds ready, though. 
and was excited on Monday when his old buddy Nature Boy stopped by for a visit. Big game atmosphere uh, in Schenbeckler Hall, a ton of enthusiasm and excitement, and uh, my energy level was already sky high, but then uh, got a visit from uh, the Nature Boy, Ric Flair, very close friend, and uh, that just brought the, the enthusiasm to a new level. Jim said he thinks his team has been tested this year, and has produced impressive numbers. Yeah, we've been tested. I was just, I mean, I jot, jotted down a few things. I mean, things I was going to just share with the team. It's um, all the guys. It's been incredible. It's not just 9-0, and but the way they play for each other, the way they produce. It's been a tremendous uh, run, really. 21 straight wins at home, 21 straight Big Ten wins, 20 straight regular season wins. Uh, this past game, defense, one series over six plays. That was the last drive. Uh, and every other series was one, three, four, six plays. Seven, three and outs. Three, one first down and out. Uh, both of those, uh, two of those were field goals. Uh, and there's been 38 out of 98 drives, somewhere in that area. A third of the drives have been three and outs. Forced 10 punts on 14 possessions. No team has taken a snap inside of our 10-yard line this season. Love the fact that we have... 314 straight games, over 100,000 people at the game. He also addressed concerns he's heard about Michigan's drop-off in the running game. There's been these conversations, and there's, there's football conversations about you know, this all the time. Um, you know, your call last year, there was, a, you know, there was a real emphasis on could we throw the ball? You know, could we throw the ball downfield? And it was weekly uh, that we, we addressed that in the, in, in the press conference here. And then it... it it got to the point where, even last year, where you know teams were saying we're going to stop the run and we're going to make J.J. McCarthy beat us. We've seen how that that has worked out. Um, so there's there's an ability to you could drop you could drop eight or nine and have a really good chance of of um, you know shutting down or eliminating a passing game. You could you could put eight nine in the box and and have a really good chance. Safety's playing at at linebacker death and you have a pretty good chance of. Uh, of uh, shutting down the, the running game. But, you know, when you can do both and you can do both effectively, you know, that's where you want to be uh, as an offense because – and then it's the old sports adage, one of my, one of my dad's favorites uh, and my favorite. You know, you live by the sword, you die by the sword. So that's what I would say to that. Jim was asked if he ever thinks about when he'll know it's time to give up coaching. Really, the only, the only way I've really thought about that is might have been five or six years ago. We were at John's, my brother John's place down in Baldhead Island. We're sitting there talking to each other. We're like, we're talking about how long do you coach? You know, what's, what do you want, you know, what do you accomplish? You know, the same questions you're asking and we're talking to each other, but we really couldn't, we couldn't come up with anything definitive. So, um, so we asked the same question to our dad, dad, you know, how long do you coach? You know, when do you know to, to stop coaching? He said, I'll tell you boys, here's what you do. You coach as long as you possibly can. You coach until you get to the point where you don't feel like you can coach another day. You can't make another script. You can't, you can't go out to the, the practice field. And that's when you know, when you get to that point, coach for two more years. <laughs> that's, that's the advice I heed. My guest today says he's been surprised how well the team has held up under the constant barrage by the media surrounding the Big Ten and NCAA allegations. He thinks they'll respond well on Saturday, and they even look forward to the challenge. With us next is beat writer Aaron McMahon from M Live. So stay with us.
joining us on our game day segment as we get ready to talk about a trip to Happy Valley and some other stuff is beat writer Aaron McMahon from M Live. Great to have you with us, Aaron. Mike, it's uh, good to be back. I've been telling people the last couple of days I've been on this beat. Uh, 2017, I can't think of a busier two-week span. No, it's uh, been very busy for everyone covering the team. And, of course, uh, news is uh, developing at a rapid pace. So uh, we're taping on Wednesday afternoon, just before Michigan's uh, 5 p.m. deadline to reply to the Big Ten. So... If all you know what breaks loose, it's probably going to be tomorrow, isn't it? Yeah, that, that's my interpretation of this thing. Um, it, Michigan, I've been told, yes, that 5 p.m. deadline is, is real. I, I can't imagine the Big Ten coming back right away and issuing some type of discipline. So I got to think at this point, Thursday morning at the earliest, more likely Thursday afternoon. Yeah, but definitely it sounds like Thursday. Well, I think uh, most of us were growing tired of the uh, the wall-to-wall social media, regular media coverage of this story because I think most rational people would agree, Aaron, uh, the search for truth in this matter in these accusations and allegations sure isn't going to be concluded on the Internet, is it? No, no. Anyone listening to message boards or uh, Twitter X, social media, I advise you to stay away from it. It gets exhausting. It's gotten exhausting for myself and everyone else. Yeah, we got to wait on, on decisions to be made and, and investigations to play out. So it's, I mean, yes, it's, it's gotten it's gotten old. Uh, I'm exhausted from it. Remember, too, this thing's a problem, especially with the NCAA involved. It's, it's going to drag on for probably quite a while. We better get used to that. Well, meanwhile, uh, and at times lost in all this commotion, is the fact Michigan has a huge game on Saturday. Uh, One thing we can say for certain is this is going to be the first real test for this team, isn't it, Aaron? Yeah, no no question about it. You know, the players have kind of acknowledged it this week. Even Jim Harbaugh called it a kind of a big game atmosphere in Jim Beckler Hall. I I think they realize the magnitude of this one. And to be honest, I I think that they're, they're relishing this type of opportunity. You know, it, you know, the schedule is, you know, it was what it was. They obviously couldn't control the Big Ten portion of it. Now, our conference wasn't great either. Um, but I, I do think Michigan feels like they're, they're finally going to get a test here. They're going to play some uh, a ranked team. Penn State came in at number 10 in this week's college football playoff poll. So it's a test for them. I think it's an opportunity for them to boost their profile uh, and, and prove to everyone in college football that, that while they are good, um, they, they still are, you know, a playoff-worthy team. Well, a lot of interesting facets to this matchup with Penn State on both sides of the ball. Let's start on offense. Will Michigan be able to run the ball effectively against Penn State? They're going to have to find a way against a really great front, aren't they? Yeah, that, that's, I think, the biggest question, I think, for this offense going into the game. I, I think they're, they, they realize it, too. They've got to establish the line of scrimmage. They've got to get some type of push up there. They've got to get some, you know, yardage on first and second down because they, they can't rely on the passing game. They can't rely on getting, you know, behind the sticks and second and third down. And while J.J. McCarthy's been very good on third and long situations, you know, it's come against some, you know, some lackluster competition. So, you know, Penn State boasts one of the best rushing defenses in the country. Um, I think they're going to challenge this Michigan offensive line. You know, Blake Corm and in particular, Donovan Edwards, they haven't been great in recent weeks. But I, I do think Michigan's build up to this point. Um, I, I think they're, they're relishing this opportunity. You know, we spoke, in fact, we spoke to Mike Hart today, and he said that, you know, he made it kind of let, let it be known that Donovan's been, he was banged up. They felt like he, he was finally himself last Saturday against Purdue. So 
I, I do think they're expecting some big things out of him. And but yeah, they got to get going. I mean, I I don't think you can expect to throw for 300 yards and win the game throwing the football against this this, this secondary. Uh, they they got to get the running game going. Yeah, and that's why I think a couple of other questions will be answered on Saturday, in particular about Michigan's offensive line. I mean, aside from opening running lanes, pass protection is going to be huge because this Penn State team gets pressure from the edges and up the middle. They are as good as anyone in the country up front, aren't they? Very good, yeah. This will by far be the best defense in Michigan's face. They like to get pressure. Um, you know, by and large, Michigan's offensive line has held up relatively well in the pass in pass protection. J.J. McCarthy's had a you know pretty clean pocket up to this point, so I, I don't think they're. I'm not at least I'm not particularly worried about that front. I, I, I do think they'll hold up well. It's going to come down. I think J.J. making the right throws and and not not making a ton of mistakes, and obviously the receivers holding on to football. So that area should be a, a plus for them. Roman Wilson and some of those receivers have been playing fantastic, and J.J.'s. Obviously, had his moments too, but I'm, I'm waiting for. I, I want Jade to see how he plays in the big game. You know, he's he's had a great moments this year. He's put up some fantastic numbers, but you know, he he, I, he hasn't really been tested as his Michigan team is known. So I, I I'm looking for him to have a, a good game on Saturday. Yeah, and I don't like to put too much uh, on one player, but the reality is, in a game of this magnitude in this matchup. J.J. really has to be a difference maker this week. Uh, this is the kind of stage where a player of his ability can, can swing the game, isn't it, Aaron? Yeah. I mean, keep in mind, the, the last really big game he played was that TCU game last year, and he obviously didn't particularly play well. So I, I do think there's that motivation, motivational factor there that he wants to show that on a big stage against a ranked opponent in, in a road environment that he can come through, you know, and not throw a pick six, or not throw a crucial interception. You know, look, by, by and large, we have no reason to believe he won't. I mean, or he will. He will. I mean, he's he's played relatively well this year. He's played fantastic, aside from that Bowling Green game. So, and even you know, even against Purdue, where he maybe didn't look the sharpest, threw for over 300 yards, and it was effective. So, uh, I, I think the key for him is just not making a ton of mistakes, not forcing anything, getting rid of the football when he needs to. And, and he's acknowledged that the last couple of weeks. He's he's grown. He's matured. He's realized that. Hey, he can't, he can't have more touchdown throws and incompletions that, that that's kind of sailed out. out. So uh, it, it just, you know, playing like he has the last couple of weeks, but poised in the pocket, making those tight throws and, and not turning the ball over. And if he, if he accomplishes all that, I think they'll, they'll be in good shape. Yeah. As I said, I hate to put uh, everything on one guy like JJ, he's going to need help. So to me, another interesting matchup is going to be the Michigan receivers against that Penn State secondary and linebackers because they have corners that are really good and for probably the first time this year, linebackers that can cover tight ends. We really haven't seen that from any other defense yet, have we, Aaron? No, one of the best secondaries in the country and statistically and on film and everything else. It certainly rivals Michigan's secondary. So they will be tested. Uh, I I think they're going up against some some talented guys and big uh, physical corners. Michigan's up to this point kind of had their had their way with opposing secondaries where guys are in no problem winning in one-on-one matches. They've gotten open over the middle of the field. So Wilson's been great in that regard. But this is a different beat to go up against an elite secondary on the road in an unfamiliar environment and do it. So I, I, while we talked about JJ having having to you know play a flawless game and not making mistakes, it's on the receivers too. They, they can't drop a bunch of balls. They've got to get open. They've got to get JJ a window. Uh, of opportunity to, to complete some balls. So um, they don't have to be perfect, but you got to make enough plays, just like a couple of years ago when they played in State College. So, you know, this is a real opportunity for the, like, a, like a Roman Wilson, for a Cornelius Johnson, 
for Tyler Morris to show up on the big stage. They've all been great so far. They've all, I think, exceeded expectations and, and played better than maybe some of us thought they would. And they got to keep it going uh, on Saturday. I think a lot of us tend to be worry warts when it comes to uh, games like this because it's, especially this year, it's the first real test. But, you know, in a way, Aaron, this is really a big test for the Penn State defense too because they really haven't played a 50-50 kind of an offense that, can be diverse, have they? No, they're kind of in a similar boat to Michigan. That yes, they played in Ohio State and uh, is very good in the, in the passing game. They played in West Virginia, but you know their schedule hasn't been particularly great either. So I, I, I do think this is going to be a test for them too. Their numbers are probably a little bit like Michigan's, or maybe a little inflated just based on the, the quality of, of the conference and the, and the quality of opponents. So it's going to be a test for Michigan's offense too. I mean, I, I'm really curious to see how they come out. I, I do expect them to try and get on the scoreboard early. And, and, and you know, you know, put the pressure on Penn State. You know, I, ideally, and that's something we talked about the last couple of weeks. While Michigan's gone down early in, in a couple of games this year, they really haven't had their backs against the ball yet. They haven't really had to come out and, and in the second half and and go on a long sustaining drive to, to win the game or, or you know hold on to a, a victory. So there's a lot of play here. I, I'm really curious to see how they respond, how they deal with the environment, because there have been Michigan teams in the past that have gone into State College in Beaver Stadium and, and really struggled out of the gate, whether it was dealing with the crowd or looking unorganized or, or, or you know, shooting themselves in the foot with penalties. Uh, if you can avoid all that and get through the, you know, the first couple of minutes of the game, I, I think they'll be, they'll be okay. Yeah, and for Penn State, I guess just like Michigan, quarterback play uh, really is the key. And although he has a, a ton of talent, Drew Aller has really struggled at times this year, hasn't he, Aaron? Yeah, he's looked like a young, young quarterback. I mean, he's had his moments where he's had big moments and big games, and there have been instances where – you know, he doesn't look like that polished superstar quarterback yet. Uh, and that look, that that happens with, with guys of that age and, and, and still kind of getting his feet underneath them. Uh, you know, it obviously hasn't helped. I think Penn State's run game hasn't really been able to, uh, you know, to, to, to help help a little bit. The Penn State offense has been solid. I don't think they're as explosive as the Michigan offense, and that's certainly, I think, going to help Michigan. And I think certainly, I, I think Michigan's going to try and take advantage of that. I, I think their pressure up front uh, can make a difference. Uh, you know, they've done a very good job the last couple of weeks, especially Purdue and Michigan State, of, of getting pressure on the quarterback, maybe not necessarily getting home, but forcing the, the, the quarterback to, to get rid of the ball quickly. They can do that and make things uncomfortable, make life uncomfortable in the pocket for Aller. I, I, you know, you're more likely to see him make mistakes. And I think that's, that could play in Michigan's hand. They've done a very good job in the secondary, forcing turnovers and getting interceptions. And I think that could certainly tip uh, tip the scales of the game. Well, it's always hard to prognosticate or predict how any game is going to go. But if we're being honest, when we scout both of these teams, you know, barring turnovers, it's hard to see this game being anything other than a tight defensive battle, isn't it? Yeah. In fact, I was we were just recording our, part, our podcast earlier today, and I you know I theorized that maybe the, the team with the ball at the end of the game might might be the one that wins it. And, you know, the, the the point total isn't very high in this game. The spread's very low. On less than one one possession, so it would not surprise me if this is very much a you know carbon copy of of the 2021 game where Michigan scored that that touchdown from Eric All late or midway through the fourth quarter. They're again their backs were against the wall in that game. They had to come out with a with a game winning drive and they got it. Wouldn't surprise me if that happens again on Saturday. Um, you know both these these defenses are elite. They're probably going to force a turnover or two. They're going to keep try and keep these opposing offenses within the 40s and, and force some punts and force some long. Uh, long field goal so it's going to come down to I think who has more who has one or two more explosive plays 
who makes fewer commits fewer penalties and, and doesn't shoot themselves in the foot. For Michigan, I'll say this, they've done a very good job the last couple of weeks, and, and Jim Harbaugh was raving about it this week on the, on the radio show, but how, just how lack, how the lack of penalties Michigan's had. They had one against Purdue, zero against Michigan State. They've been a very good disciplined team, uh, and it shows. You know, they, they've had, they have a lot of experience. A lot of guys who've been in these situations before, and they've had them, handled themselves well. So uh, you can avoid the meltdowns and for, uh, you know avoid those those costly mistakes. I, I I think that that should go a long way in the game of, of this magnitude. Well, another factor, and this is always big in games of this magnitude, and you alluded to it a couple of minutes ago. It's playing in Happy Valley, and. I thought it was interesting uh, watching James Franklin's presser on Monday. He thinks the crowds are louder, more engaged at the earlier games because they're more awake, uh, which is sort of hard to believe having seen some of those whiteouts in Happy Valley. But it is going to be really important to get ahead in this game, if at all possible, isn't it, Aaron? Yeah, it's, it's funny you mention that because I've covered games here at Penn State now where you know Michigan's played at night in the whiteout and games they played at noon. and. I'd say just the opposite. You know, it almost seems like their crowd is louder and more, more, more boisterous at night. But obviously, he would know better than me. He's coached there quite a bit, and he knows the situation. But either way, I mean, yeah, Beaver Stadium is. I, I tell my friends this all the time. Among, among the big, te- big ten and road environments, it's it's up there, man. It's it's an incredible experience. It's loud. Uh, you know, I can remember going there. I think it was 20, 2017 for the first time on the beat, and just how loud and how difficult it was to hear i mean the press box is old and small on the smaller side it shakes when the stadium erupts it's it's incredible environment that 2017 team i remember them being flagged for uh a delay a game to start the game because they couldn't hear i think shea patterson was having trouble uh you know relaying uh plays in the in the huddle and getting signs from the sideline so it's a difficult place to play i think it does make a difference you know i i I do think it's going to matter but as i said earlier if michigan can avoid the mistakes early and not put themselves behind the sticks and maybe, you know, get on the scoreboard first, that would take some of the steam out. You know, we, we, we saw that earlier this year with Minnesota, you know, I'd say of all the road environments, Minnesota and Nebraska so far have been probably been the loudest and the Minnesota crowd was hot early, but Michigan scored early and took them out of it. I think the key is taking the crowd out of it. Well, final question before we let you get away, Aaron, Uh, a lot of folks think what's, happening off the field is maybe going to galvanize this team for the last three games. And, you know, I'm not convinced of that yet. I mean, these are young guys. And even though they say they're shutting out the noise, we really don't know how it, it is affecting them, do we? No, it, it, I, I will say this. I, I, I've been surprised and probably impressed with how the guys have handled it, at least in interviews the last couple of weeks. The large bulk of them have said that they're trying to tune it out, not pay attention to it. At the same time, we've heard from players who've been honest, and you know they they said, yeah, I, I've seen it. I, I, it's hard not to see it. You log on the social media on a daily basis. You flip on ESPN or any of the talk radio networks. That's that's all they're consuming. It's all they're seeing. Um, it certainly didn't help la- a couple of weeks ago when they're on a buy and it was full steam at that point as well. Um, so yeah, you, it, it 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 makes sense to wonder if it's going to eventually catch up to them and, and play a factor. But I, I will say this, you know, at this point we can only judge Michigan what they've what, what they've been able to do on the field. And since the story has broken, it's been a forty nine nothing win over Michigan State and a, another lopsided forty one thirteen win over Purdue. So so far at least it hasn't changed the results on the field. I don't know if it's an impact Saturday. It remains to be seen what happens with Jim Harbaugh and whether he's there on the sideline or not. But they've handled themselves relatively well, about as well as you'd expect given all the commotion going on because 
I mean, as you know, and I'm sure many of the folks listen to this, it, it's consumed every, everything. Everybody's talking about it here or outside the state of Michigan. It's hard not to pay attention to it. Um, but we're going to find out Saturday if, if it really you know, makes a difference or not. Yeah, and as I said at the top of the show, we're recording this on uh, Wednesday afternoon, just before the, uh, the deadline for Michigan to respond. So in the next 48 hours, a lot's going to be going down. I think everyone's going to be happy uh, at 12 noon on Saturday to uh, forget about all this for a while and watch a big-time football game. So it can't happen fast enough for me. I know that. Here with us today has uh, been beat writer Aaron McMahon from MLive. Aaron, always great to have you on the show, especially uh, with as crazy as your schedule is right now. It's greatly appreciated. Get some rest when you can. Keep up the great work, and we look forward to another visit soon. Thanks, Mike, and uh, enjoy the game on Saturday. Let's try to. On Quick Hits today, no injury updates this week, but Jim did mention at his presser Monday the health of the team is good heading into this weekend's action. Here are a few game day notes of interest. Michigan leads the series 16-10. The first meeting was on October 16, 1993 in Happy Valley, a 21-13 Michigan win. Last year we met on October 15th in Ann Arbor and came out on top 41 to 17. Head coach James Franklin is in his 10th season and has a record of 86 wins against 37 losses. Last year, the Nittany Lions finished 11 and 2, third place in the Big Ten East. They defeated Utah 35-21 in the Rose Bowl. The weatherman says we will have a great day for football on Saturday. Partly sunny with a high near 50 at kickoff, a 10% chance of rain with light winds during the game but nothing big. So here we go. The rubber meets the road at 12 noon on Saturday. We'll find out just how good we are in a hostile environment against a really good team. And if the outside noise is in any way impacting the team. My guess is we will come ready to rock, but it's going to be a tough as nails football game. So let's enjoy it and hope we're 10-0 when it's all over Saturday afternoon. Next week, we stay on the road to take on Maryland. On Tuesday, my scheduled guest is the Hall of Fame radio voice of Maryland football, Johnny Holiday. On Thursday's game day show, we're still waiting to see who we can get. Uh, this has been a crazy couple of weeks for our Michigan media gang, but we'll find someone to join us on Thursday. That will do it for another crazy week. Have a great Wolverine weekend, everyone, and enjoy the game. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. Think victory, beat Penn State. Until we meet again, take care, and as always, go blue. Thanks for joining us today on The Michigan Man, here on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network, and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. Our listener lines are open 24-7 for your calls at 313-263-4842. That's 313-263-4842. Or email us at themichiganmanpodcast at yahoo.com. 
That's the Michigan Man Podcast at yahoo.com. The Michigan Man Podcast is produced at the studios of Robin Lynn Productions, Allen Park, Michigan, and is not affiliated with the University of Michigan. Go Blue!